It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, it is May 29th. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Uh, another, is this, what is a mat? I don't even know if I use the word matinee correctly. This is technically a matinee. Isn't well, it? you, you matinee did, you episode. did, except it's not live, so, you know, we can't well, really. Well, I mean, when it, we're recording, it's, we're our recording it's, still, it's a matinee. I'm still in my, in my uh, underwear and my tank top from my previous night's slumber. Isn't matinee have to do with, like, ending something, though? I don't know. I Nope, I don't think so. Nope. Let me research that a little bit while I'm you guys no. continue to talk. This is the uh, this is the first night in probably uh, three nights, or I'm sorry, the first day uh, coming off of a sleep in the last three nights where I haven't woke up and my underwear is completely soaking wet because it's been so hot in my room. Ew. Come on. You know, well, I sweat, man. Well, you also, do you wanna... <laughs> didn't need to There's say no that. There's no air conditioning. You should have been like... Conditioning. You could have been like, oh, I was tossing and turning all night. I don't need to hear that your underwear is wet, dude. That's well, gross. dude, I, I just – Yeah, I sweat, man. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's unacceptable. Guys, the house I live at here in East Lansing was probably built before the Pilgrims came over on the Mayflower. There's no air conditioning. It's 1,000 degrees in my room. Which is a fan situation. I, got, I have one fan, an oscillating fan. How do you spell oscillating? Is it, is Dude, that oscillating those, fans, oh, I, they oh, don't work. They don't they work. They do work. What, what does they that don't work. mean? What's an oscillating? oscillating it, it rotates. Yeah, it turns. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then call it a rotating fan. It goes, it goes from my – it goes from my uh, – it oscillates from my head to roughly my knee. So I get good coverage with the air. Flow, you know, you just have hot. to keep it. You have to keep it on one of the ends of your body, hands, head, or feet. That's how you're going to stay shit, cool. shit, dude. At least it's, yeah, it's nice. It's kind of, it's not nice today, but it's, it's cooler, which I appreciate. I need it. Yeah. It's very I nice sweat, outside. Dude. I sweat. I sweat all the time. I'm a big, but big night for you last night, right? Rabs? Big night for me. Uh, we were supposed to record last night being Thursday. Kit Moore released wild world, his highly anticipated yes. fourth studio. We, album. we need to discuss that because we need to discuss it. this because you were losing your mind. And I, I loved it. I, I was could excited miss it for you because if one of my guys was dropping an album at midnight, I would have freaked out. So we're going to have to talk about this. Collins has his hand up. I, I, I love country music, and I think I've talked to Rabs about this before, <laughs> that he's like the biggest Kip Moore fan ever. I love him, dude. And it, he, he, Rabs is posting like, oh, he's the GOAT. He's Trent, I don't really like Jay-Z. I don't really like Prince. <laughs> but I, no, no, no. Let me get to the point. But okay, I okay, get okay. it. There's like, like, I get it. I get why you see that. Like, that's just not a style of music I like. I like Kip Moore's style of music. I don't think anyone ever who listens to country music is like, <laughs> no, no one guy is the best in the game. Kip Moore. I know, dude. Dude, I, don't, I, I, I just I don't know where it came from, Rabs. I know it's so I, random. I know he's I know he's not the greatest of all time. That was a very knee-jerk thing. I was in the moment. But he's my favorite. I, I, dude, he's my guy. I respect I, him. I love, I love what he stands for. He's an underground guy. Doesn't get a lot of recognition. I love his music. I just love him. I can't explain it to you guys. Kip well, Moore is one of those. Con- Kip Moore is the most country. Like he just has that feel of a country singer. And yeah, he said, he's got the classic rock, some Springsteen vibes to him. I love him. I love. And him. he said he's every single country music star. I don't know if you notice this is like kind of a smoke. Like there's no ugly yeah, guys except Luke Coleman. Except Luke Combs, excuse me. Hey, that was Biggie's a bad way to say Luke Combs. That's not Biggie's even a hard name to he's a, say. He's a he's a big man. What are you gonna say, Trent? Well, I was gonna say how about this. If we get back into the studio and we're able to do the Green and White Report together, we should do a Sparty Awards of country artists or something like that. Ooh, because I'll we I'll bring hot I'll country do, artists. I'll we don't even need to do it. We can just do it right here in Motown. Hot country um, artists. Uh, Kit Moore's you hot. Want, you want to do it next week so we can prep for yeah. it? I mean, we can just do it right now. Hot country. Dude, Dirt's Bentley. I'm not a fan of his music, but he gets the ladies going. Uh, John Party's not very good looking. Keith Urban. Bangers, though. Thomas Rhett's decent looking. Keith Urban's not like a weird – Keith Urban and Blake Sheldon are not in like the <laughs> – that's a funny picture of Keith Urban. But Keith Urban and <laughs> yeah. Blaze Sheldon are like in the mom division. Yeah, like I was going to say that. 
Like, yeah. first of all, I have this theory. Every mom wants to bang Blake Shelton. They just – that's just, like, well, my theory. Didn't, he won Sexiest Man Alive a couple years ago. Which is not true. A couple but times. It, it, it's because, like, the people who read People Magazine want to bang Blake Shelton. He's got a yeah. good personality. I think, good I think the guy. boys helped him out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but he's, like, a mom's dream. I'm trying to think who else. Tim McGraw. Bri- Luke Bryan might be – Luke Bryan Tim McGraw's is in the mom category. category. Who is? Well, he's also Tim, from Tim, Tim McGraw. is also from like a little bit different of a generation than ours. A little bit. I mean, no, he's from Tim, our generation, but ten years is. younger. No, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill together are in like the oh, what a, I, I love that couple. It's like, man, <laughs> do you remember listening to One Kiss by Faith Hill? What a song! Yes. A lot of cocaine between those two. Really? Didn't hear for me? Oh is yeah, that true? didn't hear for me. Didn't hear oh. for me. What do you mean, how? How what? How, how do you do cocaine? How do you, how do you know, know that? <laughs> do you have got, sources? I got in. Dude, I, I was like a big thing, apparently. I, maybe I'm completely wrong. I, if I'm wrong, I, I apologize. Dude, I, I, I might mean, need to do some double checking on that. I think that's that does not you gotta, sound right. You got to know what you're talking about before you just Yeah, that was, that was really bad journalism on my part. Let me Google this. Tim McGraw cocaine. That could be like slander. Yeah, Tim McGraw says Faith Hill's ultimatum helped him get sober. Yeah, he was definitely doing cocaine. Heavy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy years of drug use, heroin, cocaine, LSD, opiates, you name it. So, yeah. All right, good, yeah. good for Tim McGraw. Good for him then. It, now, how about good for, good for me for getting that right, by the way? Yeah. Okay. okay. Right, right, right. Good for you. Good for you. Talk about the, like, how do you get into heroin? Like, it, it's, oh. like, how do you get your hands on these type of drugs? Like, have you guys – I'm taking a complete shot in the dark. Have you guys seen the Miley Crew movie on Netflix, The Dirt? No. no. Stop. You have to watch it. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You'll have a little bit better good, understanding. Though. It's, Trent, it's I thought, very good. Trent, I thought you were going to lead – I really thought you were going with, I'm going to shot in the dark. Have you guys ever done heroin before? That's what I thought <laughs> you were going with that. No, Which my answer not. is vehemently no. We do not support drug well, use. Of course. Of course. Big M.O. But Nikki Six, the founder of Motley Crew had a heroin addiction. That's a big, like, plot. Dude, you know, like, every so I don't get it. Yeah. I First of all, I understand, like, pe- there's people in poverty, like, and they just, like, stoop to it. And it's, like, an addiction is, like, a natural disease. But I don't get when your, like, quality of life is so good, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do heroin. Like, let's I know. The, like, the psychology of it is very interesting. It's, it's wild. I don't know. But, you know, neither here nor there, I guess, we could say. This is your yeah. This is your Motown rundown edition of Drug Anonymous, whatever yeah, they call yeah. that. The celebrity rehab. It's like Dr. Drew. What a tit, dude! Those shows stunk <laughs> on no MTV. I hated Dr. Drew. Before we move on, matinee. The the definition. It is a noun. Uh, a performance in a theater or showing of a movie that takes place in the daytime. Yeah, Kyle, yeah Kyle, so what comes at the end? Nothing to do with I the thought end. it was maybe like the last show. It's like like the third game in a three-game series. Like the Tigers, like, oh, they got a man nay against the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, because it takes place there. during the day. That's what I'm it is. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought maybe it wasn't. Okay, just speaking of, well, speaking of matinees, go ahead. Sorry, Trent. Well, I was just going to say, apparently in French, it literally translates to morning. So there you go. So oh. actually the complete opposite of what Collins was saying, some would yeah. say. Okay, whatever. Speaking, whatever. speaking of matinees and movies, two movies I watched this week, Goodfellas and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Have you guys seen either of those movies? I have I mean, seen Goodfellas. I have not seen Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button, literally that movie stinks. It's just Ben. It... Oh, my God. Colin, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I haven't seen it. I have a feeling the, I'd agree with Collins, but I haven't Rabs, seen it. don't, don't oh tell God. me that you, the, you don't like – the only reason you like that movie is because Brad Pitt – like. The sci-fi and the special effects in that are just so good. Like they did a fantastic job with that. I will say this: one of the best movies I've ever seen. That oh my god! I, I can't. I was crying. Right, I was dude, tearing up at the dude, end. I was you tearing can't up. Just so do you like that? Movie you didn't watch it, Trent. You haven't even seen the movie. I, you haven't I know, seen you, the movie, Trent. Yeah, you, you you never, never, did you I like Benjamin Button better than Goodfellas? Uh, mm. that's a too long. Too long. Too long. Yeah, you want to say yes, but you cannot. Too it would have been quick. Too, it would have been instantaneous. Com- they're, too complete, they're two completely different movies. Yeah, because Goodfellas is an actual fantastic movie, and Benjamin Button is just okay. I, I did look. I <laughs> it hit me. It hit me emotionally. I think a lot of it was because it, it contained this love story that I long for and that I don't think I'll ever oh get God. in my lifetime. That's why I loved it. I was tearing up at the end, dude. I was. Why do you always? 
Okay. Is that right, your right. favorite Pitt movie? Huh? Uh, I like World War Z. <laughs> no, it's not my favorite Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> Fight but Club? It's, but, hey, Fight, whatever, Fight Club. Too much going on in Fight Club. I would agree We don't talk about that. Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club, though. Nice. Every joke those, made by every 25-year-old male in America. Yeah, those are, I talk about Fight Club. Benjamin Button was, was, was awesome. Um, but before, I, last thing, did we watch – anyone watch Tiger and Phil? Collins, I'm sure you watched Tiger and Phil. Oh, that it was, was awesome. Sports. That was sports. It was great. I had the bovada out. I had a good time with that. <laughs> you sick I, bastard. I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was putting like $3 on each hole, and I broke even. It was fun. But, like, seeing Tom Brady be bad at something was awesome. And yeah, he, yeah. he was not good. And Twitter was great. Like, fantastic. And the thing I kind of wish, it was kind of like the first one where it was on pay-per-view so they could swear because Brady would have been letting them fly. You could just tell. You, yeah, you, yeah. you really could. And the whole broadcast was just good. You had Chuck. Justin Thomas was really funny. And live sports is just, oh, not knowing what's going to happen, it is just so nice after, like, this three-month hiatus of stuff like that. And it looks yeah. like we're going to start getting that. NHL and maybe the NBA back. I can't wait. People are going to be like, yeah, it's going to be different, like whatever. Guess what? I'm going to watch every single game. The ratings will never be higher. That's why Major League Baseball needs to figure it out because, like, this is an opportunity for them to get a little national spotlight since they, like, haven't had the national spotlight since, like, the juicy era. So I'm just – I know we have that on here to talk about today as far as NHL and MLB coming. It's a little bit off the beaten path for Motown Rundown. Do we want to do that before we do wing stuff? Yeah, why not? Okay, well, I guess – so let's let's start NHL because it sounds like the NHL is the closest to maybe coming back, which, you know what, I shouldn't say that because all the Fugazi, Fugazi smoke and mirrors that this was, it still has to get voted on. There's still obviously two very distinct camps here as far as like it, don't like it. Um, I guess for people that don't know, do your own research on it. But NHL comes to pl- is planning on coming back sometime in July, pending whatever. They get the blessing of the host cities they're trying to use and government, whatever. Um, top 12 teams on each side go to the playoffs. So 24 total teams are going to this playoff type deal. Uh, the other seven teams are done. They're out. Red Wings being one of those teams. We will talk about the Red Wings a bit later in the show. Uh, they're doing two hub cities, one for the Eastern Conference, one for the Western Conference. All the games are going to be played there. All the meals are going to be there for the respective conferences, the hotels, whatever. So I guess what they're doing is the top four teams in each conference we'll do a round robin to determine seeding one through four and then the, there's going to be four other best of five series in each respective conference and the winners of those series will advance to the bracket as normal we're going to have 16 teams like the playoffs would I think it's awesome it looks great I know there's a lot of complications of this thing and now you're getting into what I think the biggest challenge is going to be is how many personnel you're going to have involved in the hotels and the making of the food and our players going to be able to see their families because they're going to have to stay quarantined the entire time they're doing these playoffs. There's a lot of other things that affect players that don't really affect the fans, but I think the format is great and good for the NHL for stepping up and like, Hey, we're going to try to make something happen here. Here's our plan. And we're going to do it at one point or another. I it's, it looks great. I do like the whole idea of, like, a tournament type of style. Like, and you saw this in the NBA, them talking about trying to get, like, a midseason tournament. That wouldn't really matter, but it was, like, to rev up interest. But, like, having a tournament that actually, like, matters and has some stipulation, like, on the championship, I think it's cool. And it's, and this is the one year you can do it. Like, and you should do it and take advantage of the horrible situation you're in. Like, I saw something with the NBA that they might do, like, the World Cup format, which I think would be perfect, where you have the group stages with, like, the 24 top teams. And then after that, like, whatever the seat, whoever gets out of those groups and seedings is, like, that's how they set up the play mat, playoff format. I Like, that that would be cool. Like, you, you got to get creative because it's not going to be the same. And people are going to, like, devalidate the title for any team who wins it this year. So you might as well make it really interesting. Well, to that point, real quick. So the NHL, I'm, I'm actually glad they did the 24-team thing because 
I, I don't exactly, I don't have the numbers, but like there was a huge disparity between like a lot of teams that were kind of like on the outside looking in could have made a run in the last 10 games, whatever. So like you have to give them that fair shot, but in the NBA, that's not really, that's not really there. So I don't really get the, the world cup format thing. Like it would be kind of cool, but like you said, Collins, it's like, there's going to be an asterisk no matter who wins. So it's in my mind, it's like, it seems like the Lakers in the box. It does. It does because you know what would happen right now if they did one through 16, the Lakers would have the Nets first round and like Kevin Durant might play. And then we got an issue because it's like all of a sudden we got an East versus West team in, in a matchup that no one thought we'd get. And well, that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying like, I, anyone who wins it is going to have an asterisk. I don't know why you would then broaden and blow that asterisk up by just experimenting with something that has never been done before for no reason. Like they don't really need to do this. You know, like, like you really think that we need to have like, you know, because the Pistons, like, maybe would be in that mix or, like, you know, like we don't need to see that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, the whole idea for it, though, Trent, is I think like the NHL is doing, it's for the final playoff spots, and then they go back to Yeah, them. right, because they want to give them a fair chance of, like, making it in, in the games that they ended up losing, like, losing, not, not getting a chance to play, if that makes sense. And the NBA being smart, they're like, forget about the last, like, five teams in the East. We're not even going to use them. We're going to use the teams in the West that actually right. have good records. Like, they're going to be like, oh, we're not – like, that's just smart. Don't be like – like, yeah. that's why I think the NBA's commissioner, Adam Silver, is just, like, better than most people because he just thinks in, like, realism and just is not a complete moron. doesn't look over this, like, simple things. But I, I, I don't know what you guys think. Do you guys think – I'm not going to care if there's no fans in the stadiums. Like, I, I, I'll care maybe in six months if there's still not fans in the stadiums. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm just craving sports content. Right. I think I think at this Anything point, everyone would just – we'd rather have the games played without fans than no games with no fans. I mean, yeah, I, I, we need the sports. Like, fans aren't going to happen. We know that. I'm just saying people are going to be like, yeah. oh, it's going to be different. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be different, but it's still going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the, you know the, what? It's it's probably going to be different for a while because people aren't yeah. going to want to get to the crowds and get to the games and stuff anyways, even when they're allowed to. So, The bottom line to me at this point is you need to do every, – every single league needs to do whatever they can in their power to make the 2021 season normal. Like fans were back to normal. And obviously there's a lot of things that are going on in the world that are going to affect whether that's possible. But for the time being, I was watching Bundesliga soccer. One of my roommates is a big soccer guy and they were pumping in fake fan noise. It was fine. Like it's weird not seeing fans, but I like the fake fan noise because it just makes the game feel more real. I do not care. It, I, there's not going to be fans the rest of the year. Maybe in the fall, who knows? I know the NFL keeps talking about we're planning to play with fans in the stadium. I don't know if it was like – it might have been Florida. Some state where the governor was like, we're going to allow professional sports to continue. Arizona. And stadiums. Yeah, Arizona. Okay, so stadiums up to like 25% capacity. That's fine because they're still making money. I know the MLB's big thing now is like, oh, it makes the most of our revenue off of ticket sales, which is like – Dude, if you watch the Tigers and, like, the White Sox and, like, the Rays, they don't have fans in their ballparks. Like, you're not that, making money off tickets. Yeah, they, they make the most of their money on tickets because they play 162 games. But if it's exactly. an 82-game sprint, you can renegotiate what your TV deal is, and you're yeah. going to make more revenue there. And exactly. I don't really get the MLB thing, but I, I'm assuming that all these leads are going to renegotiate their TV deals because people are craving new content, not even yep. sports content. Because all these, like, I love Succession on HBO. That's That was supposed to come out, I think, in a couple of weeks here on HBO. Guess what? They had to stop filming. Like, there's going to be a gap of, like, new content just, like, not even in sports. So if you can give me anything, like, people are going to watch it, and the ratings are going to be yeah. huge. I, I will say one more thing on this on this subject. I completely, 1,000% commend the NHL for doing this because they have found a way to figure this out. The NBA needs to follow suit. I think they will. Here's the difference. As much as it pains me to say this, if we don't get football, I will at least be able to wrap my mind around the fact that the season was just, like, canceled. The NBA and the NHL have played 95% of their games. There needs to be a champion. These players have put in the work for these months. They're professional athletes. 
They deserve to – someone needs to get crowned, okay? So I commend the NHL for being progressive about it and saying, look, when we do get back, here's what we're doing. I think the NBA is trying to do something similar. And, I mean, we'll see where it goes. If we don't get baseball, if we don't get football, I'll at least be able to be at peace. I mean, I'll, I'll be livid about it, don't get me wrong, but I'll be at peace knowing that, you know, we never – like it's it's like when the uh, March Madness gets called off, and I, obviously right. that's a different that's a different situation. You can't just keep these students around for for it's going to be three months coming up in June. But you you get what I'm saying. The NBA and NHL need a champion. No, well, Trent. So how mad are you going to be when LeBron wins the championship this year? And no, all anyone about, Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> the thing is it's going to be it's going to be discredited no matter what. So like. Uh, I'll actually love it. You know I will too. I'll love it. I'll I'll use it as fuel. It's this, like this whole COVID thing. Hopefully, once we were like somewhat back to normal, will be used by Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, yeah. and Stephen A. for years. Well, yeah. if COVID doesn't happen, LeBron has another championship, or like yeah. vice versa. Like, yeah, it's you, it great. doesn't matter exactly. It doesn't matter which way it goes. It's going to be used great. against them. I think the good things that have that have come out recently, like Michigan State has announced that students will be back on campus in the fall. I know the Big Ten is kind of the Big Ten's been more like it's going to be up to the teams. I don't really get that. Like, if, if, what are you going to have like three teams that are just not playing football this year? Well, it's they're going to play football. They're going to play football. Yeah, I'm but like, yeah, you have Michigan's like Michigan's president comes out like an absolute jackass and is like, if there's no students, there's no football. Well, like. The Brother, next day, they say they're you know having why students they on their that? campus. You know why they say that? <laughs> they say that because of that stupid record that they have all the time of their fans. And that record, no. will, that streak will end because there won't be fans in the town. Harbaugh, Harbaugh also said that they're the closest they've ever been to a national championship, too. Yeah, okay. So Harbaugh also you know, said that. <laughs> I hate that school. <laughs> yeah. And those that like, will be champions. Okay. Dude, I the whole boisms that Michigan has. I know this isn't like a college sports podcast. That's why they're not good anymore. Like Bo Schembechler, great man, and he's like an idol for all. And he's built what Michigan football is. But at the same time, you guys got to figure out something new to say. Like I'm all like those who will say will be champions. Really? Have they? They haven't. Yeah. Guess what? The team. The team. The team. Yeah, they might have worked in 1970. Yeah. How about you? How about you get something new? I'm just saying. What, what, what is, out from I'm, Michigan? No. I, again, like that was so funny though, Rabs, that you said that about the Michigan president. He's like, if there's no students on campus, and then the next day they say they're having students on campus. Exactly. Like, what is this guy saying? <laughs> Very out of touch, human being. That's Both sides of the mouth. Whatever. Um, so I guess on that on that topic, to come back to our Motown rundown, because we are a Detroit sports podcast, let's talk wings. Can we talk wings? We've exhausted Pistons, nothing Lions, Tigers. I don't know if baseball's coming back. Who, who knows? They need to figure it out, though. But uh, Dude, what if what if the Tigers won a World Series this year? <laughs> just I wouldn't high. count it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't count it. I, you want it? No, I would. I wouldn't. I would not identify with the World Series win. Well, you know what? I have one more thing to say, real quick. Bring this it. is the year that the Lions are going to win it all because it's going to be beautifully ironic, and I say beautifully tongue in cheek, that there will be no fans. The first playoff game in Ford Field will have no fans, and they'll probably uh, win big. Well, I by the can have like some sort of fans in the stadium by then. That would suck. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope I, so. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to tease that. Uh, that happenstance of the I'm Lions just saying, the Super how, Bowl on the year that doesn't count. How poetic would that be, though? For good or bad. The Lions. Um, yeah. All right. So onto the wings topic. Um, so again, NHL is for all intents and purposes the NHL regular season's over. Wings finished seventeen forty nine and five. They have the. I was reading this the other day. The lowest points percentage in the entire league since 05-06, which is not great. A um, couple talking points here for us to throw our hats in the ring in, in some opinions. Iserman spoke for like the first time in three months or so, press conference, obviously over Zoom or whatever. Um, couple hey, hey, you rode the on. elevator with that guy one time. I did. Two times I did. I panicked and couldn't get words out either time. I, I just – I love bringing that up. That was so yeah, – that was, that was a tough day. Both the, both tough days. Um, first things first, Eiserman says Blashill's not going anywhere. I, for one, I, I think as expected, obviously there's a lot of things that happened during the season, the COVID thing, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense to jump ship. But I, we, this is like the number one topic that surrounds the Wings and Wings fans have an opinion on as far as is Blashill the right guy. The bottom line is this to me. The team's rebuilding. I don't think you can put a lot of the season on the coaches. You have essentially two jobs if, if you're a coach during a rebuild, in my eyes, is one, build a culture that, that is, you know, hardworking, high-character guys want to win and let the young guys play. Blashill's done both of those things. He's a player's coach. I know the players like him. When it comes to X's and O's, that's maybe where people have some gripes with him as far as uh, the, the way he carries things out on that front. But they're not close to winning. So there's no reason to make a change. Like, I, the, the people that are out there, like, he needs to go. They, they haven't won in years. Well, correct. That's the whole point of the rebuild. And they're not going to win in the next one, one to two years, too. I hate to tell you. Like, this is the guy. You, you have to assume, and we'll talk about the draft in a second, but you have to assume you're getting picked number one or number two. Assuming you take either Lafreniere or Byfield at one or two, whichever pick you get, hoping you don't slide out of those two slots. Those are two franchise-changing guys, in my eyes, that speed up your rebuild. And there's no reason to make a change at, at, at coaching when you don't really have a product. That, I don't care who your coach is. This team doesn't compete. They're not a good team. They're not. you got a bunch of bad contracts that are coming off the books in the next couple of years. So I just think – like. Blashill's the guy right now. I, the, if there's anything that you should look at as Red Wings fans is who are you getting in this year's draft? What does your pipeline look like as far as guys getting time and developing? Like, turn your eyes to Zadina, to Rasmussen, to Hronik, to Sider. Like, get, keep your eyes off the coach. It doesn't matter. They're not going to be winning anything anytime soon. So I, 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 I'm glad that Eiserman has come out and been like, this is the guy for now. He deserves to be. Well, I truly believe that Blashill won't be around when they're good. So I like, agree, too. I agree with that sentiment. I do. So I, I think it's more like, why would we fire the coach? Like you said, I mean, they're not going to be good regardless. But at the same time, they haven't developed any of these young guys the way we thought they like probably should have. Like, it, it, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I the big – and we can wrap this into to another point that Iserman made was they will be naming a captain for next season, which you have to assume that all signs point to Larkin, just being skill level, uh, age, and, and, and things of that nature. He is a pretty pretty solid face for the franchise, if I do say so myself. Well, there, um, there hasn't been a captain since, since Henrik, right? Is that correct. right? Yeah, correct. And they've, they've rolled with like the three or four alternates, which is fine. Right. I thought it was appropriate. But as far as the development piece on, on your end, Collins, I, I would agree. I, I would say that, you know, you look at guys that have come before and even after in, in previous drafts for the wings, as far as who's been picked in those, in those areas. And you've seen guys like a Quinn Hughes, who you, you know, many people thought the Red Wings should have taken, who is already making a very substantial impact uh, in, in the NHL right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of the draft that Svechnikov got taken. And of course you have to look at him and he obviously had knee surgery last year. It hasn't really been the same since. So you hope that he finds his feet again, but uh, that's a draft where I think like half of the guys in the first round are like big name NHL players to Brock. I think Brock Besser was in that draft. I don't know if that was McDavid's year. I'd have to double check on that, but the, the, the timeline has been a bit slower. I, I will agree. Michael Rasmussen, another guy who you're like, when is he going to turn the corner? Because this is a guy that you took in the top 10 and you really haven't seen anything great from him, him yet. So on that front, I, I think that it's not time to throw the towel in on these young guys because there are still guys that have shown you some promise at the AHL level or at least in their previous junior careers. But it is frustrating. I mean, you're still looking at at the back end there, and you're like, okay, Hironik is, is showing you that he can be a legitimate top four defenseman. You're hoping Chalowski can turn the corner. I'm not sure if they've rushed his development a little bit too much. Everything from Cider looks good so far. So there's pieces there. But to your point, Collins, yes, you're waiting for these guys. And, and I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that a Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi line is like a first line that ranks in the top half of yeah. the NHL. I, and that's where I think a lot of people are getting – I wouldn't say frustrated with Larkin, but in my eyes, Dylan Lark – I look at Edmonton. You have Connor McDavid, who is the best player in the NHL right now and will be for years to come. And you have Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl is not a guy that's a superstar on his own. He plays with McDavid, and that's why he's awesome and has been awesome mm. the last couple of years. I think Larkin's Dude, he led the, the league way. in points. 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that he's. He wouldn't be good anywhere else. No, I, I, I'm saying from a, from a standpoint of I think Connor McDavid helps Leon Dreisaitl to be the player that he is today. Yes. I know he would, but but I look at Dreisaitl the way I look at the, like a player like Larkin. Maybe that's a bit unfair to compare no, Larkin I to a guy so. that, that has the most points in the league. But my hope is that in the coming years of free agency or making trades, that you bring in a guy who is a legitimate franchise player. Not that not that Larkin is not. But I think Dylan Larkin can absolutely thrive where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Larkin has to do everything. He's he's not. And that's that was the point I was trying to trying to make. I think with Mantha and Larkin, you're hoping one of them would take a huge step. And you saw you see it in flashes. You do. But Larkin isn't the franchise guy. You're completely right. And which is fine. Which is fine. He's well liked. Like you said, he's a good example for the organization. It seems like he's to be the captain because it seems like most of his teammates love him. So, like, hey, th- there's there's a role for that too. But you're right; they're still waiting on that guy who's like, oh, he will at least ensure us if he's healthy, 35 wins because he's just out on it because he is just that right. big of a difference maker. And they just don't have that. And like you said, a lot of contracts are coming off the books. But my question with Blashill, though, like, what has he done? Like he hasn't really done anything, and I and I, there's no sense of firing anyone right now because they're so bad, and you don't need to pay money to someone else right now. You might as well just let whatever his I don't know what his contract situation is, but like Jeff Flash hasn't done anything. I don't care what anyone says, he really hasn't. And you could talk about those playoff teams, but those teams were filled with veteran presence that were just they were gracious that they didn't have to deal with Mike Babcock. So any coach would have been a nice change of pace. So, I, like, I don't disagree with them keeping him around, but at the same time, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I, I think I think that the Red Wings are still kind of searching for their identity of who they are and what their culture is. And as you said, I want to be careful with how we discuss Larkin because I, I do think he is the face of the franchise and will be. But to your point, and I think what we're getting at is – He can't be you, the best you, player. Correct. If Dylan Larkin is your best player on the ice, then I think you have a, a, a problem and not a bad problem, but a problem where you need a game breaker. You need a guy that is a, you know, that's, that's how these teams win. I mean, you know, like, it, it's give just you an example. Yes. Like Eisman and the wins is arguably their best player, but for a while, Fedorov was their best player. Didn't mean he was the face of the franchise. Yeah, I, I, that's it's it's a perfect example to use. I, I think that uh, no, this and Eiserman also said too in his press conference that they don't plan on making any big splashes in free agency. And why would you? Because the free agency pool is not that great this year. And the way you know the way hockey works, like the Red Wings are fully capable of when the time comes going out to the trade deadline and some guys that you know maybe like a Spetsnikov or a Rasmussen who are younger guys that don't really have a place to, to, to play at the NHL level for this team and the, and the way this team plays, maybe those are guys you dish for an older guy that you bring in to put you over the hump. I, it's it's going to take a, a, a trade or a big free agent splash to put this team over the edge, and they are a couple couple years away from from doing that. But to, to your point about Blasio, I, I agree. I, I They – they they tread water. They they're not winning games. You know, again, they there's a lot of things going on with this team that you can't just pin on the coach. And your hope is, as I said earlier, you have to establish a culture. I believe that Blashill is a player's coach. I think they like him a lot. I don't think he brings as much value X's and O's as other coaches in the league as they do. But between that and letting young guys get their time, which he has done. You, you can't really harp on them for not winning games, but I agree with you, Collins, that you're not really seeing these like jumps that you would, it, at least it's like, you'd like to see some more games being won and, and less regression, which is, you've done. You were, you've been the worst team in the league for two, three years. And they statistically were one of the worst teams in NHL history for the last, in the last decade to 15 years. They, this year was a major disappointment too. Like, me and you before the season thought that maybe, like, we didn't think they were making the playoffs or anything, but they could be one of those teams who's like, oh, it's tough to go to Detroit. Like, they'll be fun, exciting team to play. Because at the back back end of last year, you saw, like, wow, they have a lot of young guys who are producing. And I understand 
that Taro Hiroshi was kind of a flash in the pan last year, and he didn't really help them this year. And they had a couple other guys like that, but still, like, they were horrible, like you said, this year, which could be a blessing in disguise because they could win the draft lottery and arguably get a guy you can just plug in immediately and is a difference maker on your team. So it could be a blessing in disguise, but it was a disappointment. And the more I'm thinking about it, I just don't, like, I don't know what his contract situation is, but when it's up, you should just let him go. And it's really, we need to try someone else because they are not producing, like, other than Bertuzzi, has there been, like, one guy you're like, wow, he's kind of surprised me. Like, they, they've done a really nice job. Maybe Heronic. But other, like yeah. you, need, you need more of that when you're developing talent, I feel like, if you want to get to that next level. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's where that's where things, I think, have been kind of disappointing. I would say, to, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that I think on many other teams would probably just be plugged as, like, look, he's a physical guy, he's gritty, throw him on the third checking line, like, whatever. But he's had to be a point producer for you, and he has been. I, I, there's the, the thing is, a lot of these guys are being asked to do more than what their role should allow them to do. And what I mean by that is, is Anthony Manta an elite goal scorer in the NHL? Yeah, but not that's really. what he's built to be. That's what he's built to right. be. Right. Not, not really, but he, but he has to be an elite goal scorer for the Red Wings. And in reality, if the team's really good, if you can, if you can put Manta on your second line and just can and put pucks in the net, then like all the better. I just think that they don't really have – all the pieces to fill out the roster where these guys can settle into the roles that they're meant to be. And it, you're right. Manta kind of came in, came out of the draft and was like, this is the guy that might, you know, he might be a cornerstone cornerstone player for your team. And I think the jury is, is still a bit out on him, and people are growing impatient because they want him to be something he might not be. You saw, you know, some, some awesome stuff from Robbie Fabry this year, who was a great surprise. I would have to assume that they re-sign him and give him another shot. That was a guy that was just looking for a place to give him a chance in the NHL. You know, Zadina, third pick, you're, or where'd they get him at six? They got him at six. He was supposed to be the third pick in that draft of his year. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's, there's, there's a lot of, question marks I, I agree and, and and I guess we can get into the draft now as far as moving ahead you know the wings have the best odds to get number one at 18.5 percent um I'm not really sure how things change as far pick. as they're gonna be the fifth pick <laughs> it's and I this is a draft to where if you get number one you are essentially winning at least in my eyes in the eyes of many scouts you are winning a Connor McDavid like sweepstakes with this Alexis Lafreniere kid and that's a, again that speeds your rebuild up by a year I mean it, it's more. another yeah it, it's 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 so necessary again the, the wings have so the wings are like the tigers like you got all these guys that you just hear about like Giovanni mm. Smith like where is mm. he like Chalowski you're waiting to hear you're waiting to see where he is you know Dylan McIlrath is he gonna mm. get a crack at the NHL I, I, I don't that Dylan guy is a made-up name I've never heard that name once Dylan McIlrath yeah, that's not a real name. But I, Spenceman, they got him from New York, I believe. I want to disagree with you when you're talking about the Tigers because the Tigers, you haven't like seen any of these young guys. For the Wings, you've at least seen these guys at like the highest level. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I just want to. I, I, I want to ask you one quick question because we don't need to go ad nauseum about the Wings because it, it's really if they get the number one pick, a lot of things are going to change and they're going to be a lot better. You would assume. Yeah. Or they would be a lot more interesting to watch because they were unwatchable this year. They just were. They weren't fun offensively. They were terrible de- defensively. Like, why would I watch? You know what I mean? Like, yep. they, they'll be, they're watchable immediately if they get the number one pick. But when you bring up the Tigers and Red Wings, I thought the Red Wings rebuild would be way quicker than the Tigers where, like, you could see it in two to three years. Just That's just the nature of hockey. Right now, I'm, they're kind of on the same path. I, I don't see the Wings having a championship contending team for another four years. And, and I could say the same thing about the Tigers. And if some of these pitching prospects are the Tigers compared to what the Wings have brought up in their minors, like, pan out, then maybe they're faster. Like, I, I've been disappointed in the Red Wings rebuild. And I understand it's Steve Irishman's first year, and you can't blame it on him. But when you, like, commit to a rebuild, you hope to see some signs of life. You have it. Yeah, I, I think in, in, in terms of the, of the Red Wings rebuild, where they were kind of in a unique position, is they obviously the, – the whole narrative is they – 
if you look at if you look at the rebuild of you know climbing out of a hole and getting back to the top level, the Red Wings hole was much deeper than other teams that start rebuilds. They have again all their bad contracts, the age of a lot of their players. They, I think they started a, a foot behind and a lot of teams usually do when these rebuilds come. But I, Collins, I agree with you, man. I, you, you, you know, you, you see some quality players. And if you want to bring the, the Tigers into this conversation as well, but like you, you see all these different scenarios of these teams that, that rebuild. Like if you want to look like this, like the Sixers in the NBA, granted they haven't won anything, but like, the Red Wings don't have like an Embiid or a Simmons that you're like, like you're so pumped up about these young guys that come in and you're like, these guys are going to give you the juice. These guys are the identity of the team. I don't it's know. Like, wait, like, wait a couple of years and it's going to happen. Right now they're stuck with guys who are like, they still are missing the guy for them to even be like, maybe they can build or they don't have anyone to build around. We're right. So let's just pray they get the number one pick. We don't even need to talk more about it. I'm, like I'm tell, yeah, I, I'm, we'll, we'll move on here, but I'm telling you guys, if this, if the Red Wings somehow draw number one, I, I don't, I will. They're not going I don't to know. though. <laughs> it will be, it would be one of the greatest days I would have as a Detroit sports fan. I, okay. the way, the way that they, I'm telling dude, the way they talk about this kid laughing here. He's nasty. One, he's, you watch him in the world juniors. You watch him. Andre Miller, brutal turnover. Lost me 20 bucks because that Lafrenade kid. Yes, I yes, I re- do remember that vividly as well. But um, with that, yeah, let's move on from wings. <laughs> let's move on from wings. We'll get Trent back in the mix. I know Trent's been waiting patiently, taking diligent notes because he is our he's yeah, our you, you guys you guys do good. When you guys talk about hockey, I just I'm a sponge. That's kind of so how I mean, hey, I let you, I have to let you guys run when you guys do your basketball because I'm just hey. so hands off on the Pistons. But that's why the show is great. That's why the Motown Run is great. Hey, Trent, if you could buy one Red Wings jersey, what would it be? This is your Sergei, one Sergei Fedorov, hands I, down. I was talking about current players, but that would be a fire jersey too. Current, current, player, current players? <laughs> that's um, insane. I don't know. Probably Bertuzzi. I think I would buy Bertuzzi. Yeah, me too. He's, I like Bertuzzi. He's gritty. It's a great new player. Does Athanasiu still play here? No. We did a whole show on that. Never mind. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) So much for – whatever. Whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, Before we do our Who Am I, as we do every week, we have, of course, America's favorite segment. Actually, I I say that for Who Am I. So maybe we'll – Southeastern Detroit's favorite segment. Most iconic Detroit players by the numbers. We're at now numbers 71 through 80. We're nearing the end. We are dragging ourselves through the mud here with these numbers. Uh, we'll yeah, start seven, number 71, 71 through 80. This is essentially Tough. like the Lions all offensive lineman team. Yes. Like last week much, was tough, but, dude. Last week yeah. was tough too. It was a brutal stretch with the with the 60s. Yeah. Well, okay, okay. So, I mean, kind of kind of some of the same. You want me to you want me to kick it off or you, you want to do start. it? You can start. You start. 71. I have a feeling some of you guys might pick Larkin. I got Alex Karras, four-time Pro Bowler. He's a Hall of Famer, 12-year Lion. He met, also made the 60s All-Decade team. I also have – I have Karras slash Larkin because my knee-jerk is just like when I think 71, right. Larkin. It might, I don't even think it's recency bias, but it's – I mean, Alex Karras, again, it's kind of sad. Like, you look at some of these Lions legends of like, oh, wow, a lot of our best players are like linemen, which is like kind of sad, but – yeah, I, I you hear the name Alex Karras all the time, so I'll give him the nod for seventy-one. Alex Karras, he's one of those guys who's just like your grandpa or grandma or your dad is there. Oh, Alex Karras, he was a problem, like something like that. He's one of those names, so I went with Alex Karras. Also, I'm just to say this: I don't like Dylan Larkin. There's something about him that I just don't like. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> I I just never really have. There's I, something about him. I don't know. It could just be like jealousy from the fact that like he has a great life that he gets to live in his hometown, play for his hometown team, and he went to the University of Michigan. It doesn't even have to do with the fact that he went to the University of Michigan. I'm just saying he just has too good of a life for me to like him. I think. I guess that's fair. I don't sure. I'm sorry to hear that, but fantastic. Uh, 72. Uh, the only human being I could find that wore this number in Detroit, because I don't know who – Trent, I have a feeling we use the same website of, like, greatest lions by the numbers. I don't yeah, know who I, that guy was. I went Andreas Anthony to see you. I, I, I hate to say it. So did I. So I hate to I. say it. No one has ever worn 72 in this city. Andreas Anthony to see you. Confirmed. Collins, 
double A fire all time fire name. He was one of the he was a class of Red Wing, like Gus Nyquist, where he had a couple moments where you're like, whoa, that this yeah. guy's a problem, but he just wasn't. So I'll go with double A. Um, 73. Again, another one where I just did not know who this guy on the website was for the Lions. Adam Ernie is the most I will I might die on this hill. This might be my new thing. I'm gonna die on the hill that Adam Ernie who I think only had maybe one or two points the entire year for the Red Wings, is the most iconic human to ever wear 73 in Detroit. Okay, you're already wrong. You're wrong because there was a guy named Russ Bollinger. I think I pronounced that right. Who Didn't know had, who was, dude. Who played seven line. seasons. Who played seven seasons for the Lions and Doesn't started. Matter. So Adam there you Arnie. go. Doesn't is Bollinger matter. the guy who does all those film breakdowns and, like, loses his mind on NFL Network? Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. There's no way, I, dude. There's no I, chance. Adam, <laughs> this guy's old. This guy's really old. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't even old. find a 73. Couldn't find a 73. So I'm going to go with Adam Ernie just for the fact Ernie is a great last name. Thank you. Thank you, Collins. Even though he stinks, he's not good at sports. Correct. Not a good hockey player. Um, number 74, another tough one. We're, again, through the mud. I went with my Detroit Lions uh, website guy, Larry Hand. Agreed. Slash Agreed. Madison Bowie, who also is not very good for the Red Wings. Have the Red Wings not had another 74? No. I think he's the only one, at least on the reference page. I'm saying. going off book. John Carlson, even though he's not from Detroit, doesn't even play Detroit sports. He just is – when I think of 74, I think of John Carlson from the Washington. I do, too, I do too but that's not allowed. I do, too, Fine, that's not allowed. allowed. Fine, Madison Bowie. Cool. Thank you. Okay, Larry Hand. He won the team MVP in 1972. That's wow, something. awesome. Good for him. That's, that's sure. something. Awesome, Larry Hand. 75. 75. I think we got to hand it to Collins and let him run. Go ahead, Collins. It's Lomas. Lomas Brown, baby. And Coach Lowe? I, I don't know if you guys grew up in the Metro Detroit area, but do you guys remember his Happy well, Pizza not. commercial? No, oh, I don't. I've never seen it. It was electric, whatever. He was my offensive line coach in sixth grade when I was a punch ball. <laughs> shout out to, maybe one of the – honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. So shout out Lomas Brown. And Collins, he was also when Lomas, when Lomas would try to, like, coach you, were you, like, nervous or was he just, like, just – No, he was, he was the nicest person I think I've ever met. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's good. Would he, that's great. That makes me like him more. Would he remember you, Colin? No, probably not. I used to be friends with his kid, but his, he, his kid left our school in, like, sixth grade. Huh. All right. <laughs> quick, quick, note on, <laughs> quick, quick note on Lomas, seven-time pro bowler. And honestly, he was probably the most productive offensive lineman that the greatest running back of all time ever had, Barry Sanders. Other than that, he was pretty much creating for himself. So we got to give Lomas the tip of the cap. All right. We should get him on the show, Collins. Pull some strings. I don't know if you – I was going to say something mean, so I'm not going to say Because <laughs> I, I like Lomas. Moving on, moving on. 76, uh, back to the Lions website. Lou Creekmer. Dude, that is such a bad answer. Are you kidding me? How 76? is that a bad answer? No, Jeff it's, Jeff, it's Jeff, Jeff Backus, and it's not even close because Jeff Backus was Oh, yeah, the good king. call. Sorry, I was bad. My bad. Jeff Backus was the king of, like, this guy's kind of bad, but he, like, plays every game, like, and he's healthy and available. But you're like, I guess. But he was a whipping boy for every dad in Detroit for about 10 years. My God, Backus. Yeah. He can't block anyone. <laughs> Jeff Sackus. No, I picked I picked Creekmer. Great Three-time nickname. NFL champ. Eight-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, you know what? Screw you, Collins. Luke, you Creek, don't Luke think of 76 and don't think of Jeff Backus. I think of Lou Creekmer. No. He's a champion. <laughs> Three times. Lou Creekmer. I'm, sure I'm not sure if he's still lies, with us, lies. Luke Creekmer. But God bless. Uh, number 77. Let's go back to the wings. Paul Coffey for me, non-negotiable. I did not know Paul Coffey wore 77. I thought he wore seven. But I did, now I'm thinking about a Ted Lindsay's numbers retired. Correct. Um, Terrible how long did Paul Coffey play in the wings, Rebs? It's a good question. I don't know. He's one of the best defensemen of all time, so I will uh, – Yeah, but I don't think he was great on – he was good on the wings, but I don't think he was, like, in his prime on the wings. Correct. Right? He was not. He played for the wings for three years. Did they trade him for Shanahan? I don't remember. I probably should know that. 
I don't know why that sounds know. They, familiar. I think they traded him for someone good. I remember that. But, uh, yeah, Paul Coffey, all-time name. Paul Coffey is a great name. Not spelled like the actual coffee, though. It's still a great name. And he's one of the, he is one of those guys in hockey who are like, oh, Paul Coffey was that deal. Nobody, like, remembers Paul Coffey from our age. But you're like, yeah, yeah. Paul Coffey, Paul Korea. Like, those guys <laughs> are nice. Like, you don't even I, – like, I didn't watch one highlight of them. They were yeah. just mentioned in Mighty Ducks, like, D2, so I think they're good at hockey. Uh, your boy here was traded for Brendan Shanahan. Excellent, what? Trent. Yes, Trent. Who's your 77? Following the 97 season, and he That's was unhappy with the move. My 77 is Frank Ragnall. No questions asked. We can move on. <laughs> okay. Was Lincoln uh, Thomason 77? Yes. Who cares, No, dude. no, no. He was 72, right? Dude, he was so bad. 72? Cornelius Lucas was 77. Anybody Shout want to out Cornelius Lucas. He, oh, I, I love the rotational offensive lineman who was just like, every time he's in, yeah. you're like, please don't like get our quarterback murdered. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, real quick before we move on. Who is that guy right now in the Lions? Who's the, who's the old lineman? Who's Tyrell like Crosby. Okay, no, he's no, he was actually serviceable. Kenny Wiggins. Kenny Wiggins. Yeah, Kenny Wiggins. He's 77. Isn't Wiggins 77? No, he's, seven, he's 79, and he's actually my 79. Spoiler alert. Skipping ahead Unreal, a little bit. dude. Disrespectful. Okay, okay. Sorry. 78. I'm, so, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some Red Wing that I missed. No, I am, no, dude. No, 78. Doug English. Yes. Probably a lion. Yeah, shout out. Doug English. You guys are ridiculous. Cool. Listen, Doug English, remember when I talked about the Kill Solar Rush and you guys absolutely shit on it and said that didn't exist? Doesn't, it doesn't exist. It does yet, exist. It was Al Baker and Doug English. He's a four-time wow. pro bowler. He was the really solid rush, for yeah, about man. six years. No, that no, Solar Rush was a problem. Right. As they won, seven and, they won seven and nine. You have lost your years. mind. But, okay, good, okay. Good I, whatever, whatever. Defense didn't win championships. Solar Rush my ass. That thing is not real. <laughs> oh my gosh. 79, William Gay. Kenny Wiggins. Dude. William Re- read me the stats on William Gay. I have Gay. never heard William the Gay? name William Gay in my yeah, life. Yeah, you have. Is Willie I Young 79? Willie Young will set the, I, I, Collins, I switched my answer. Willie Young. Willie Young. Willie Young, all time, like, why does he have that helmet guy? Like, <laughs> Didn't his Willie helmet Young was have so a safety odd. one time? Oh. I think he. I think he got a safety one time and got extremely hyped about it. And then the well, score was bad. Was a lot. Oh, I love Willie Young, years. dude. Where did Willie Young go to college? I know this, but I wonder if you. Oh, uh, let me look it up, Collins. Don't look it up. I know. Where oh, it oh is. I thought I thought you I thought you were asking like you didn't. Come know. on. NC, NC State. State. The... Okay, Wolfpack Lobos. Yeah. Whatever. All right, all right. Uh, eighty, eighty. Wrap it up at eighty. Brad Perriman. Yeah. No, dude. Yep. It is Brett Perriman. Who do you have? Charles Rogers. Okay. May he rest in peace. I have two green Charles Charles Rogers jerseys. Really? Can I I buy one off you? No. Because I have that. Do you remember that one year Michigan State football, like, tried to match the basketball ones? And they have, like, the state ones. I have one of those. Maybe the ugliest football jerseys MSU's ever worn. Yeah, it, it didn't really work. It's like a collector's item, though, at this point. Well, I mean, right. maybe that explains why you shut Rabs down so quick when he asked if you could buy one. I want one. He said, nope. Never. Does it have his last name on the back? No, dude. Oh, then I have no interest. Okay. Okay. No interest. <laughs> I rescind my – I take back my offer for buying your jerseys. Okay, cool. You can't have that or my TJ Duckett MSU jersey. Does well, it have a last name on it? Collins does not need the money. He works at a golf do, course. Do you, do you think that Nike was just selling college football jerseys with names on the back of them? Yes, maybe. maybe. No. What do I know? But no, I, no I pitched Brett Perriman, though. I'll tell you this. Even though I love Charles Rogers, rest in peace. But Brett Perriman, in my favorite documentary of all time, The You, and he's really, really funny in it. Like, he's really, <laughs> really funny in it. So shout I out forgot Brett he Perriman. went to The You. I don't know how I – that is a that is a great uh, documentary as well. No, I, I was watching – Documentary-wise, I was watching uh, the Lance Armstrong documentary first part. Oh, I refuse to watch it. Dude, you know what? He was kind of an asshole. I did not know that. Kind of? Didn't know. He's the biggest badge of all time. Get that off. If you're going to wear a wristband, dude, it's, uh, I sorry, I, sorry I support uh, cancer research and those that have uh, is, suffered okay, through okay. cancer. 
you can buy it. Don't wear it on your wrist. Dude. You cheated. It's not even that I, he dude, cheated. I know, and they were all cheating. They was a dirty sport. They were all cheating, though. Dude, did you hear the stuff you used to say to people about like him getting yeah. accused of cheating? He would basically no, call that's people a part, like that's a part two. I'm I'm sure. He's at, he was calling like ladies fat whores and like like Whoa. yeah he was not dude Lance Armstrong really bad guy. All right, I, I will take off like the, Lance I will I will stop wearing the Livestrong. I have probably worn this Livestrong bracelet every day of my life for like the last six years. If you guys get me a different bracelet, I will take it off and retire. Dude, all I'll do that. that first I will all. also make a bet with you right now. If you get my Who Am I, you can keep wearing it. If you don't get my Who Am I, you have to take it off right now and you can never put it on again. I'll say this. Lance Armstrong fumbled the bag so hard because he literally just didn't have to be rude and he would have been fine and he would have had all those Nike money still. Like, yep, he, he yeah. could have denied using steroids till the very end and just kind of did what A-Rod did. Just be like, okay, it, it's just like in a sport and, like, be likable. But he burned every bridge. I hate they had a They had a great comment in the documentary about how Lance Armstrong at his time was, like, talked about, like, the way – not in the same way, but like Tiger Woods, like MJ, like those. Like yeah, he, he was. was the truth. He yeah, was the Livestrong truth. was such a big brand. I know. I got it on. I haven't taken it I think off he had a $100 million dollar contract with Nike. Something like yeah. crazy like that. That's unfathomable. What a moron. Maybe, you know what? I, I, I got to take, a, guy. I gotta take a look guy. in the mirror after wearing. I can't believe I wore it. That might be a tough look for me for wearing this. I don't like Lance Armstrong. It symbolizes yeah, so something. While you're, while you're walking around flaunting that, I am uh, wearing, I promise, uh, you know, LeBron James opening schools for children who cannot afford it. Okay, don't, why, don't, min- don't do minimize my commitment to serving I'm, I'm the sorry. community. I, <laughs> just, I like, am here to support people where, that have where, cancer where, and have had cancer in the research. Alan, to answer your question, I bought this online okay, at the LeBron dude. James Family Foundation. How much? 30 bucks? Five dollars. Too much. These are a dollar. Well, these go to children who need it. These okay, are that's nice. Not a charity guy myself, but let's move on. Who am I? I, I actually think it's Collins' turn, but Trent, just go. You do your thing. It is not Collins' turn. It might be. What? I went last week, didn't I? My last one was Trent's Jason turn. Jones, and you guys freaked, actually. Maybe. No, you haven't I, done okay. one. It's Trent. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. go what ahead, else? Trent. Who am I this All right. week? All right, we ready? I'm ready. I got ten clues. I have Wait, a bonus was last clue week Omar Infante? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it is Trump. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here's Here it is. Clue number one. I was born on October 7th, 1971. I love how all of our clues are just Wikipedia from the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine Wikipedia. used to be better. No, no, no. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let me defend myself. I had Omar Infante last week. Was the week before not Jose Calderon when Collins did it? Or you did it, Trent. You did Calderon, I, didn't I, you? I, that's what I'm thinking. I think I'd... It, we might be it might be Collins' turn. Yeah, whatever. Just go. But I, well, 1971. Hold on, hold on. 81-91-01. Okay. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yep. Clue number two. I had a 12-year career playing for three different teams. Cool. All right. Clue number three. I was a Detroit Lion for eight seasons after I was the 21st overall pick in the 1994 NFL draft. I got no chance. Don't do that to yourself. No <laughs> Lock in. Before my time. Okay. Clue number four. In college, my school's home broadcaster nicknamed me Big Play and then my last name. This is kind of a subliminal shot at Darius Slay. I just thought it was kind of a funny clue. No, it's not Darius Slay. It's not Darius Slay, but his nickname was Big Play, last name. Answer Darius um, Slay. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have an answer, you can. We'll, we'll take Darius Slay. We'll accept that for half half a win. Um, clue number five: I played at USC, and during my four seasons, I broke twelve team slash Pac ten records for receptions and receiving yards. I have no idea. Clue number six: At six feet tall, I joined perennial Pro Bowler Herman Moore at wide receiver. Oh, I know what this guy is, but I just have no idea what his name is. Clue number seven. I played all 16 games in seven out of the eight seasons for the Lions, the lone season being my rookie season. Oh, my God, this is going to kill me. 
Clue number eight, my best season came in 1999 when I had 80 receptions for 100, excuse me, 1,129 yards and five touchdowns. Clue number nine, I am of African-American and Japanese ethnicity. It gives you oh, a little idea. I got it, 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 I got okay, it. It's okay, sad yeah. that, I, that I had to remember it like that, but. No, no, that, that's a good clue because if you know the guy, that's, a, you know, it's a, he's got a distinct look. And the last clue is that in the 2001 season, when the Lions were 0-12, Jay Leno made a joke about the Detroit Lions, and then the Lions won a game, and this player said, I finally got the monkey off my back. Jay Leno can kiss my ass. And then he later appeared on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and kissed a donkey. Oh, that's nice. I, Collins, I you, <laughs> Collins has is... submitted his guess. And it, it is not right. I think you know who it is, but this is not his name. <laughs> you got it wrong. It's not? No. Same, same era, though. This guy's well, a corner. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story about the guy I just put in. Okay. Colin I want to say Ron, Ron Rice, incorrect. I want to say Heinz Ward. And Rap says Heinz Ward. Just kidding. Your I real texted guess, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenny something. Not, not even close. Um, not Lenny? No. Johnny Morton. Collins, no you know who that is. Yeah, I do. But still, I had no idea. Yeah, you want. I actually probably shouldn't tell this story on the podcast. No, no, no. I'll go tell for it. After. Go, for it. go for it. Ron Rice. I have a story about Ron Rice, but you can go first. Well, my uncle, he lived when he was at Michigan State, lived in a dorm with an international student who like didn't know a lot about football and stuff. And he loved like the Lions. He loved the Lions. And he was an Asian dude. And they bought him a Ron Rice jersey, and he, like, absolutely loved it. So this Asian guy was just walking around with a Detroit Lions Rice jersey all around campus. Like, I, I know it, was, it sounds, like, bad, but I guess, like, he loved it. <laughs> like, I thought that was a pretty funny story. I think you might be making it sound worse than it actually is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, like, what lines that we, like, can tow these days and age. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's not bad. You're it fine. Really you did good. Bad. You did really good with that. You did good. It's not bad at all. It was not no mean spirit. I'm just saying it was pretty funny. Right. That is that, that's fun. like if I saw if I saw an international student walking around with like I don't know a desert like, jersey that'd be pretty funny. It's pretty funny if a white guy is wearing a jersey that says white. That's what I will say. Like that's funny. <laughs> now I now I think you kind of you yeah you yeah take, you, you took a step back out. there. Might need took to a step back. You took a step back. I don't back know there. what to say, dude. I don't know what's. Uh, that wasn't it. That was. That, that was not good. Trent, what's your Ron Rice story? It's not, it's, not, it's not really much of a story, but Ron Rice wore jersey number twenty-eight, and after Barry Sanders walked away from the game, my dad took his jersey and put white duct tape across the zero to make it eight. So it was Great a Ron Rice move. jersey. Great That's disrespectful, move. dude. You got to tell your dad I answer bullshit. No, it's not because part. listen, we didn't go no, that. That's. Through that. A, that, Barry that's Sanders, your dad was trying to get on TV. That's a trying to get on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him. I'll ask him about it. I Maybe a, we'll get him I, on someday. We can get the whole story. I have a yeah, story, you're, too. You're wearing, you're wearing your DePaul practice jersey that you well, talked this is, about a little this too long. This is my dad's. And I, I just found a picture of my dad wearing this in high school. And I now own this, and I wear it to bed. Uh, beside the point, my story is – uh, I recently got – well, shout-out to my brother, my brother Zach. I've never mentioned Zach on the podcast. Brother Zach, shout-out. He just bought uh, Madden 20 digitally for us to play on Xbox. So, naturally, I have completely – oh, I didn't tell you guys my whole saga about using the Lions in Madden 19. You did. You, you, you sent us a couple snaps. We yeah, wait, wait, wait. No, you told me about this kind of. You had to get rid of Stafford, didn't you? You, you no, drafted no, a quarterback. No, no, no. Well, I hear. Okay, so should we just save this for next week? I can tell you the whole story. I don't. I'm gonna do it I, now. I don't care. You can do it now. Long, long story short, don't let me forget to tell you the story about my Madden 19 saga with the Lions. But I abandoned that. I'm on to Madden 20. I made myself as a six foot four, two twenty five quarterback yesterday, and I have taken Stafford's job in year one. Just, I hate to say it, but I have. Shout out Matt Patricia for the opportunity. Thank you very much. That's all well, I got today. That's it. All right. That's all I got. I, I, Are you mad at me, Trent? It wins. A little bit. 
if we win the Super Bowl, you're not going to care. I'll, well, I'll, you can come to the parade. That's, that's what I'm saying. If, if it, you know what I was thinking about, though? I was, I was actually thinking about this interesting question to round out the show. When Philly won it with Nick Foles after Carson Wentz was the guy, of course, you're, you're ecstatic because you won the Super Bowl. Nothing else matters. I get it. But would it be a little bit, just like a, even like 0.5% uh, if like Chase Daniel was our quarterback in the Super Bowl and Stafford was hurt? Yes, I would and be then, spiteful. And then, and then we won. I mean, I would be dude, oh, we've dude. never won, so obviously we would be ecstatic. Like, I wouldn't yeah, I'd be numb for a week. But, like, if Stafford wasn't – yeah, you, you would just hate it because it's like – You was, wouldn't care. He was the guy. I would not care one bit. Uh, <laughs> okay, I kind of I get what you're saying. You wouldn't care. Tra- yeah. You just wouldn't. You'd be like, fools is my guy, yeah. and so is Stafford. But it would suck yeah, for I, Stafford. Yep. Huh. <sighs> What a show. All right. Are we done? Oh, yep. by the way, too, I got I to keep adding things at the end. Uh, shout out to me for last week saying that last week would be our last Zoom Motown rundown. Uh, not the case because each <laughs> passing day we get locked down more and more and the uh, yeah. studio usage becomes more and more unclear with each passing moment as well. Uh, so whatever. We are still on Zoom. So hopefully yeah, we'll one day we Zoom return to least, the I think I think at least two more weeks, right? June 12th? Dude, I don't even know. Time is a flat It's circle. not even that. I think it's more Michigan State. They got to open up their campus a little bit for us to even get in the studio. Yeah. Over it. Don't care. Who knows? Life is good. Life is good. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, listen. Submit some questions, comments, suggest some topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. The episode every week. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the Motown Rundown, brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. For all your Michigan State and Detroit sports coverage, visit impact89fm.org/sports. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes.